Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. We're talking about sanctification. And I want to read something to you that I heard a long time ago. And uh, it just really blessed me. Um, some, there are times just in the natural that I think uh, as believers, we wish that spiritual growth was almost instantaneous. You know what I mean? Your flesh, how many have ever had your flesh really start talking? Like really, I got to wait longer? One of the, one of the greatest uh, things that we can develop in our lives is patience. The fruit of the Spirit, right? Um, how many you have Jesus in your heart? That means you have his patience in your heart. But that patience and the seed or the resurrection of Christ within us doesn't automatically mean you're going to operate in that. So Jesus and the Lord, how many have noticed that he doesn't just take over in spite of your prayer? You say, what prayer? The prayer of, God, just make, just take me over. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, there was a song. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of that song. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel, you know, right? Well, most of the time, he's going to just tell you where to go. Amen? He's not going to, in other words, demons uh, make quote-unquote, make people do things. The Spirit of God works in conjunction with your will to accomplish or uh, work from the grace that He's already provided for you. And a big portion, you need to understand this, a big portion of faith has to do with your will. Amen. Has to do with my will. In other words, uh, Jesus in Mark 11, He said, whatsoever things you what? Desire. Desire has to do with what? My will. It's my desire. So my desire plays a, has, a, has a big, or my will has a big impact on the ability of God to operate in my life. Every, uh, the enemy, your flesh, and other people are all trying to have an influence on your will. And the Lord is as well. So in order for us to function in spiritual maturity or what we're calling experiential sanctification, we have to yield our will to his will. Come on, Jesus prayed, not my, but thine be done. But did God just pick up Jesus and make him do what he was supposed to do? No, he empowered him to obey. Amen. That's what the Spirit of God does within us, the, spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. It is an empowerment to obey. So we have said this, the gospel of grace declares what? Unmerited favor and unlimited power. Now watch, not just unlimited power to uh, cause your uh, financial situation to increase, not just uh, unlimited power to drive uh, 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 a sickness away or, or from someone else or from yourself. Not just unlimited power in those areas, but unlimited power to be respectful. Walk in love. 
Come on, hear me now. Not gossip. Stop lying. All things that most of the church, when you share these things, people jump up and down and they shout and they say, yes, we love to hear that. Come on, unlimited power to have a marriage like you should. Come on. Somebody said to me, they said, I was shared on marriage, and I said, don't throw plates or something like that. And somebody came up and told me, we started buying paper plates. <laughs> that, that's, progress, that's a progress, I guess. But, but what we're looking for is nothing flying. <laughs> Spiritual growth takes time. So I want to share with you... Uh, uh, this is a, uh, uh, just a story that I heard years ago, and it's a true account as far as the bamboo tree. In the Far East, they have something that's called the Chinese bamboo tree. The Chinese bamboo tree takes five years to grow. They have to water and fertilize the ground where it is every day, and it doesn't break through the ground until the fifth year. But once it breaks through the ground, within five weeks, it grows 90 feet. <laughs> now, the question is, does it grow 90 feet tall in five weeks or five years? And the answer is obvious, right? It grows 90 feet tall in five years. Because at any time, had that person stopped watering and nurturing and fertilizing that dream, or we could say spiritual growth in this case, that bamboo tree would have died in the ground. And I can see people coming out, talking to a guy out there watering and fertilizing the ground that's not showing anything. Come on, it doesn't even break ground. Hey, they say, what are you doing? You've been out here a long time. And the conversation in the neighborhood is, you're growing a Chinese bamboo tree. Is that right? And you say, yeah, that's right. Well, even Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder can see that nothing is showing. <laughs> so how long have you been working on this? How long have you been working on your dream or your spiritual growth? And you have nothing to show for it, supposedly. This is all you've got to show, just ground. People, going to, to do, uh, people are going to do that to you. And some people, because they don't see instant results or it doesn't happen quickly enough, they stop. You've got to keep on watering your dreams. Or I would say it this way, you've got to keep on watering the seed of the Word of God. Spiritual growth, it doesn't happen quickly. Maybe as you thought it might. A lot of things are going to happen that will catch you off guard. And so, therefore, you've got to deal with and handle things, difficulties as they come. Have you ever felt like you're growing with the Lord and then all of a sudden... Or things are going good, and then all of a sudden, or I thought I was going this way, and then all of a sudden,
But through faith and patience and continued action, you'll see what God has in store for you. Now, I'm not, this, is a, this was a given as a motivational thing, and it is a Christian thing, a Christian speaker. It was given as a motivational thing for people to fulfill their dreams. My dream for you as a pastor is that you develop into the fullness of the stature of Christ. Then I want to say this, your dreams, whatever God has placed within you, will reach their fulfillment as you reach that fulfillment. Uh, Let me say it a different way. As you mature spiritually, the dreams you have that God has given you will reach their full place. In other words, the blessing of the Lord makes rich, but he adds no He doesn't add sorrow to it. People say, well, I'm rich, but I'm sorry all the time then you didn't do it God's way. See, because whatever it is in the natural, whatever the, whatever the goal is, if it has that much power over you, then that is the, the degree, you know that is the degree that that thing controls you or has power over you over what Christ has said about you. See, in the natural, all your money could be removed from you, all your stuff, your things, your natural desires could be removed from you. But if you've developed spiritually like you should, it'll really not, I mean, it'll have an effect on you, but you're not like, oh, how am I going to get through this? When you're rooted and grounded in the gospel, when you're rooted and grounded in who you are in Christ, when difficulties come along, you rise up and go, with God, all things are possible. And all things are possible to him that believes. And so when the devil is trying to ride in your car with you, asking you over and over and over, what are you going to do? 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 How is it going to work? How is this going to manifest that supposedly your God promised you? You can rise up in the middle of that and declare, with God all things are possible. I'm going to believe him. I'm going to use my faith. Yeah, well, the doctor said. Yeah, well, the the economy says. Yeah, well, the president said. Come on. Yeah, well, this, this expert said this and this. Well, expert Jesus said. All things are possible to him that believes. And all things are possible with God. So you can make it. Sometimes people say, well, I haven't seen any fruit yet, and I've been working on this situation for two years. Well, the bamboo tree took five years. Are you willing to wait five years for 90 feet of growth in five weeks? The question with everything that is worth something is, are you willing to keep working and developing by, with faith and patience? Or will you give in to the spirit of the age and the spirit of Antichrist and the, and the nature of the flesh which says what? You might as well just give up. It's not worth it. And come on, how many know that the enemy's good at tempting your flesh into thinking that it will be easier if you quit believing? How many realize this, and you know this from your own experience, it doesn't get easier. If you give in to the flesh, it will harvest death for you. Sin will. It always does. 
You can't, in the spirit world and in the natural world, you can't, cannot plant apple seeds all day long and go, I'm having oranges one day. Come on, in the spirit, it's the same way. You can't sow to the flesh and reap eternal life. You've got to sow to the spirit and reap eternal life. You can wish the seed was different, produce a different harvest. But if you're going to be honest and you planted an apple seed, but you wanted an orange tree, then what do you need to do? (laughs) Find somebody that will trade you. (laughs) Or that. But in the spirit, it doesn't work like that, right? So what do you have to do? You have to admit that you planted the wrong seed. Oh, that's the hardest part, right? Well, it's not my fault. It's my dad's fault. My dad did it to me. My mom did it to me. My... Well, maybe they did some stuff. But the reality is, if I want a different harvest, I have to plant a different seed. That means you have to be open to somebody walking up to you and say, see, what you have is apple seeds. You need these orange seeds. And a lot of people, what they do is, don't tell me these are apple seeds. (laughs) So what do we know? We know there's no repentance. So you're going to have a person who's going to be perpetually frustrated. No change. So we have to make changes. Spiritual growth is not the easiest thing. It takes time of watering and fertilizing a seed that sometimes feels like nothing's coming through. It is why the scripture clearly says it is through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. If it was just by faith, I think sometimes people would be a little more apt to getting greater harvest, but it's by faith, it's through faith and what? Patience, and that word patience means what? It means endurance. It means consistency. It means I'm going to keep walking this narrow path, even though my friends have chosen a wide path, even though others in my family have chosen a wide path, even though it seems like that wide path might be easier because I could have a little more room left and right. No, I'm going to stay on this narrow path, even though the world beckons me to go to the wide path. I'm not going that way. I refuse to go that way. Lord, you said this is where eternal life is. I'm staying on this path. Amen. Amen. Not changing. Staying on course. Sometimes it feels like it's this bamboo tree. But if you stick with it, The end result will be what? Harvest salvation. Amen. Everybody, now I I don't know that people really uh, necessarily, I think you can and you should. And I think the longer you walk with the Lord, you enjoy seeding seasons. But everybody loves harvest season. Everybody loves harvest season. Come on, how many like bumper crop? You know, but how does that come? You got to sow. You got to sow in water. You got to till the ground. You got to fertilize. You got to come on, quit blaming others for your lack of growth. Remember, we said this at the beginning. You can go to Romans chapter 6, and that's where we're digging in. All this is just free. 
extra encouragement. But we talked about this in our last series called In Your Control. But spiritual development or spiritual maturity requires what? Personal responsibility. So personal responsibility. The wonderful thing about grace is, is like we talked about, God came to us in unmerited favor. You say, what do you mean by that? In other words, we weren't, we weren't doing everything right. So God said, ooh, look how perfect they are. I'm going to come bless them. He sought us out while we were yet, we were arch enemies to God, right? And he sought us out. So what is that? That's unmerited favor. It's favor, grace coming to you, even though you did nothing to deserve it, nothing to earn it. And then you receive that by faith. And then there is imparted what? Incorruptible seed. Or I would say this, unlimited power. Now, we talked about this earlier, but we didn't just receive that seed and it's just our ticket to heaven later. It's actually a ticket to heaven now. And what I mean by that, maybe ticket's not the best word. (laughs) Seems a little light. (laughs) But it's an empowerment to live and walk in resurrection power on what? A daily basis. Come on, not just Sunday and Wednesday. Do you know you can have a praise the Lord in your mouth while you're at work? When you're walking around your house? These are, these are where the spiritual development, this is where it starts to settle in. You're allowing what you've been taught from the word of God to transform the way you think and then transform that, that transformed thinking then invades your speaking and your doing. In other words, you allow the word of God to govern what you think, say, and do. You allow the word of God to begin to to, to, uh, show you the correct path or reveal to you what's already been placed within you. Amen? So when you were born again, yes, your spirit was instantaneously changed. But how many notice, and we've said this before, you still had the same mind and the same body. And so what then takes place, there begins this process of spiritual development, which includes what we call experiential, we're calling experiential sanctification. Sanctification, this word carries the idea of removing the removing of our lives from one place or position into another to be used by God for his purpose. We talked about and we looked at Romans chapter 6, and I'm not going to go into all the detail of what we looked at, but I do want to read this. Uh, concerning Romans chapter 6, God acts not only to bring a person into right relationship with himself, but also to enable that person to act or a lifestyle in accordance with that relationship. This means that God deals with the power of sin through Christ and the Holy Spirit. Listen to this carefully because this needs to be understood. Grace not only deals with the penalty of sin, but as we will see in this section, with its power. It is by grace that the penalty of sin is canceled through justification by faith. And it is by the same grace that the power of sin is dealt with through what we call sanctification. The work of God in us to produce increasing conformity to the image of Christ. Notice it's the work of God. Specifically, Paul will show us in chapter 6 how the work of Christ made righteous living possible... And if you go on and read chapter 8, I don't know if we're going to go there in Romans 8. 
in this series, how the Holy Spirit makes it a reality in the experience of the believer. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, the process of sanctification occurs. There is also a temptation to see justification as a divine initiative and sanctification as a human endeavor or works. What Paul will make clear in chapter 6 is that we become like Christ only as we are joined to him or as we are in Christ. In other words, the grace of God continues to be available through Christ and that grace affects the change in us. It is the Holy Spirit who transmits this transforming grace. The imperatives of chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, to right thinking and right acting stress our responsibility, listen, to respond to grace and cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit. Come on, do you hear that? Because people say, well, you're, you're, you're going to preach works. No, I'm just trying to keep you out of death. I'm going to preach uh, works in the sense of work from a provision of power rather than working for a provision of power. You say, what do you mean by that? I mean this, living a sanctified life, we're not trying to earn our salvation. We're living a holy life because we understand our salvation. You say, what do you mean by that? I understand that the nature of Christ within me is not a liar, not a hater, not an adulterer, not a fornicator. Come on, the spirit of Christ within me is not confused about what gender I am. Come on, the spirit of Christ within me is, is a loving parent, is a, is, a, is a loving wife, a loving husband. The spirit of Christ within me empowers me to live opposite of the nature of the world, sin and death. Amen. You know, because there's a grace message, a false grace message that's going out today at times that states, you know, you can live however you want and still be a Christian. You, if you're a Christian, you don't live however you want. If you hear the gospel of grace and come to the conclusion that sin doesn't matter, you did not hear the gospel of grace. Or you misunderstood what you heard. <laughs> that's possible. That will never end, will it? <laughs> I mean, as far as people lying. That's why we need to know the word. The word, the word, the word. People say, well, I just, I don't know if I want to hear another message from the word. You need another message from the word. Come on, I need another message from the word. I need to hear the word. I was talking to Ryan before the service. He has, he, he put it on audio and just listened to it over and over. And I'm telling you, you cannot overdose on the word. You can mainline the word all day long. And it will bless you and strengthen you and heal your body. And it will renew your thinking. It will take you to another level. You'll be thinking of the world will be talking one way and you'll go, I don't even think that way. How are we going to get through gas prices? How are we going to? My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. We're strong in the Lord. <laughs> Come on, where God provide or where God guides, he what? He provides, right? So we talked about verses 1 and 2 and I'm going to start let's go to verse 3. 
I'm getting a preaching I need to teach here. Paul, I'm just going to read through verses 1 and 2, but we're going to start commenting on verse 3 and 4. What shall we say then, Paul said? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? There are people that actually think this way. He said, certainly not. Or you, some translations say, God forbid, in verse 2. How shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? In other words, when you were born again, you died to sin. Now, you may not have understood that, but you died to it. Because you said, I identify with Christ in his crucifixion, in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So that means you died to sin at that moment. Sometimes people think, well, I sure am not, doesn't feel dead. That's because you need your noodle renewed. Come on, my grandpa, what's wrong with your noodle, Sean? He say, use your head for something besides a hat rack. You know, good stuff that you grew up with that you can't say anymore because people are like, I'm so offended by that. You know, I was raised to work hard, and if you didn't, you got kicked. Anyway, maybe it could have done better, but I learned it could have been done differently. Or do you not know, verse 3, that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, verse 4, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. What's that last part there? Even so we should walk in. Oh, in other words, say it with me, say sin is not for me. <laughs> Do you love that? So we need to understand and know that when we were born again, we were baptized into Jesus' death. Jesus' death was a death to sin. So as our representative, we died to sin with him. Transformed thinking then would be a believer who thinks in terms of being dead to Sin. Come on, not conformed thinking, not religious thinking. Transformed thinking then does what? It, in your mind, you realize when sin comes to tempt you, you go, uh, I'm dead to you. Come on, how many have ever heard that statement before? Yeah. You heard somebody say about somebody they didn't like, they're dead to me. I, that used to be a thing. I don't know if it is anymore. They're dead to me. When, when the devil comes a knocking, you need to go, no, no. Come on, Romans chapter 7. We ain't married no more. <laughs> Come on, right? That's what it should be, right? It's that simple. No, no, no. I have a new husband. <laughs> I know sometimes uh, Mark Dunn was preaching our Vessels Bible study this morning at, at the 9 a.m., and he said, he's talking about the love of God. And the word of God, if it, it will, it, it requires, you, you'll see the requirement of the word or the, the revelation of the word. And your natural self will go, that's impossible. <laughs> so that's when we have to, trans, we have to transfer our thinking or have our, our thinking transformed over into, yeah, it's impossible in myself, but... I didn't save me, nor did I put, I'm not operating in this Christian life in my own power. I'm yielding myself to the power of the resurrection within me. Right? 
So I can walk in the levels of love that Mark's teaching on by the grace of God. I can't do it in my own ability. But I can do it how? In the grace of God. Now that, now I want you to think about the, the most difficult relationship you have. Or the most difficult situation you have. Because everybody in this room has had something happen in their life that, was, that has been difficult. And there's like this wedge, you know. Now, no husbands can elbow their wives or vice versa at this time. We can do, it's conditional now. You say, why do you say that? Because I know how marriages go. I'm married. And if you think I just made a bad comment about my wife, you're wrong. I know the nature of the flesh. Come on. Come on. As you get older, uh, uh, siblings of, uh, you know, the parents are now, the siblings are out of the house. Siblings who call each other and complain about their parents. You know, everything they did wrong. <laughs> oh, is, there is a great calm over this congregation right now. <laughs> It's a good thing I youth pastored for six years. <laughs> Rhino hide, you know. You just <laughs> I like what Mark Hankin said. I, I'm going to have fun preaching whether you do or not. So, <laughs> What am I saying? We have to believe that there is a grace to overcome those things. You actually change natures. The nature within you is willing to die for somebody who will do nothing in return. People say, are you sure? Pretty sure. Pretty sure I got a firm foundation of the word on that one. And people then go, it moves from there to, well, how do you do that? And that's what Romans 6 is telling us. We have to see ourselves as dead to what? Sin, because we are. People say, well, then why do I keep sinning? Because your mind needs to be renewed and you need to control your body. Can I control my body? The scripture says you can. Go to Romans 8. I, don't, I didn't mean to go here, but I'm going to anyway. Romans 8. And look at verse, verse 13. Romans 8, verse 13. You see it there? Is it up on the screen? Yep, there it is. Just watch this, or look at this as I read it to you. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. That's a nice truth. But if by the Spirit you what? Put to the deeds of the, you will live. What is that telling me? That I have power in me to dominate the nature of my what? Flesh. Now, what you have to decide is, I'm either a crazy word of faith Pentecostal preacher, or Jesus said that. People say, oh no, Paul wrote it. <laughs> Paul's smart, but he ain't that smart. It was by the Spirit of God, amen? 
So what does that say? That tells me that I've been, I'm dead to sin and the new nature that I have within me has the ability to love the way God loves. That is a high level, isn't it? See, a lot of times people think, yeah, I got born again and I'm going to heaven. So, Lord, I got this. <laughs> you know what I realized? From the time you're born again until you reach heaven or heaven comes, one or the other, you need supernatural help every day. And that's why God placed it where? Within us. Within us. So transformed thinking in a believer translates to a life that demonstrates Christ Jesus. It translates to a life of overcoming Satan and sin on all fronts. Come on, maturity in Christ is victory in Christ. You know, we like to hear, we like to hear, uh, uh, we like to read books about victory. We, we, we like to, I heard Joyce Meyer say this years ago, I thought it was so funny. She wrote this book on how to walk in love and how to be spiritually mature. And she labeled it something to that effect or titled it that way, but nobody was buying it. So she changed the title to how to live outrageously blessed. And then it sold. Do you want to know why? Because people as a whole, come on, pay attention. People as a whole don't want to hear about how to change to have victory. They just want to have it kind of just fall on them. But what I've found out with the Lord is, is that, and even in the, okay, we'll just do this. Even in the natural, how many in here have muscles? How many in here are in bodybuilding magazines? People are like, I just, you just depressed us, Sean. <laughs> Everybody has the same potential. Do you know those bodybuilders? You may look at them and think, they've got muscles I don't have. No. They have the same muscles you and I have. They've just developed them. You are dead to sin if you're born again. Now, if you're not, you're alive to sin. And we can change that at the end of the service. Amen. If you're not born again, you don't have, you have a sin nature. You've got to get a new nature. People say, well, I'm just going to do self-help. I'm going to just change myself. You can't change wh who, who you're... Have you ever tried to be uh, uh, naturally, have you ever thought, man, I wish I was born in another family? You can't do it. You were born into the family you're in. You're there. You, it's, you, your DNA is there. You can try not to look like your dad, but you still will. <laughs> or your mom. Whatever. But you still will. Why? You're born. It's so the same with the nature. When you were born again, the nature of the enemy went, come on, out. We're no longer married. We're no longer together. I'm dead to that nature. I'm alive. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. What old things have passed away, right? Behold, verse 18, all things have become new, right? And all things are of who? God. Where is that? That's in the spirit. Now, if we're going to get what's in the spirit out into this world, we need to change the way we think, and we need to dominate the members of our flesh.
And that's what we'll get to as we go on. We're, we're actually going to see that we're to present our members as slaves of righteousness. People say, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to go, uh, I'm not going to, um, you know, uh, drink, cuss, or chew, or go with girls that do. <laughs> if you're dating a girl that chews, you need some help anyway. You know. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? You, so they think, I'm not going to do it, but, but, but see, our members are all of us. So if I'm going to yield my members to righteousness and I see somebody who needs prayer for healing, right? I'm going to place my hands on because that's using this for righteousness, right? Whereas before you might have, you know, punched somebody, now you're going to pray for somebody. Right? I don't use my tongue for lying. I am not telling you I am perfect at this. I am telling you we are growing. Come on, how many can say I'm growing? I'm growing. I, you, you say you say with you'd say you'd say, Lord, I'm in this for the long haul. I, I want all that you have for me. I want this to go as long as you. I, 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 I'm I am in this. To win. I'm not switching teams. I'm not backtracking. I'm not switching families. I'm in your church, in your family, and I'm going all the way with you. Till I go to be with you or you come to be with me. One or the other. Amen? We have this ability within us. Are we willing to commit? Are we willing to hold fast? Are we willing, come on, to deal honestly if we've been planting apple seeds hoping to get an orange out of it? Are we willing to look at it and go, okay, maybe I've been doing this wrong. Are we willing to look at the reality of who we are in Christ and go, you know what? I, Lord, I have areas in my life where I keep kind of uh, making excuses for sin in my life or making excuses for allowing the enemy to operate through my being, through my thinking that I shouldn't. And I need to deal with this. Are we willing to look at and believe not only that there is change available, but that by the grace of God, we can change? Because I, I know what goes through people's minds. Because I have one, whether you realize it or not. <laughs> I know what goes through people. People think this way. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. I've been this way since. My family has been this way. And Paul rose up by the Spirit of God in Galatians and said, Look, this isn't about your nationality and it's not about your gender. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. So are we willing to believe that I can change the way that I live because the grace of God is available to facilitate that change? When we talk about sin under grace or when we talk about people uh, living in sins as even though they're believers, even though they're born again, when we talk about these things and we talk about changing our life, come on, this is the thought you need to understand. You're not the power behind it. Christ is. Christ is the power behind it. So you go to the Lord in humility and you say, Lord, your word says this about me. I know I've been acting like this, but I know this is my new nature. 
but my programming is still kind of has old thinking. So we need to change that by your word. So, Lord, I go ahead and agree with you that according to Romans chapter 6, Lord, that I'm dead to sin and that I can walk in newness of life. Lord, I just believe and I receive, Holy Spirit, not only that transformed thinking in my mind, but, Lord, I also know that you're empowering me from within to go ahead and live a different lifestyle than I did before. I can now walk in newness of life. I no longer have to be known as, come on, the liar. I no longer have to be known as the dysfunctional one. I no longer have to be known as an addict. I no longer have to be known as an adulterer. I no longer have to be known as a fornicator. I no longer have to be known as, you name it, come on, the worrier. That's worse than drugs. People say, are you sure? Yeah, it's worse. (laughs) You don't have to be. Why? Because there's an empowerment. His name is Jesus. But we have to yield to him. Well, I just don't ever think I'll overcome this hurt in my life. Yes, you will. Because Jesus overcame that hurt in your life. And when you put your faith in him, come on, his overcome becomes your overcoming. Right? And people say, well, but I keep making mistakes. Then keep using 1 John 1, 9. <laughs> right? This is what the, 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 so many in the church have done this through the years. They do this. They, 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 they make a mistake. They, they step into, they miss the mark. They sin as a believer. And then they go, well, I might as well give up. Come on, think this through. How much good were you doing when Jesus accepted you? He's not giving up on you that easily. So why are you giving up on you that easily? Come on, chalk it up to experience and go on. You say, what experience? I don't want to do that again. <laughs> right? 1 John 1, 9. Not, that's not, this is 1 John 1, 9-ing it, so to speak. First John, when you're not treating that disrespectfully. God gave it to you for that reason. So reverentially you say, Lord, you said to confess, I confess. You said you would cleanse me from unrighteousness. I know I didn't lose relationship with you, but uh, it's hindering and causing fellowship issues with you. So I present this to you and I ask you to forgive me. And he does what? He what? He's faithful to what? Cleanse you, right? From what? All unrighteousness. All of it. Praise God. Amen? So what are we empowered to do? Live dead to sin. Come on, say it with me one more time. Say, I am dead to sin. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to just share and give people an opportunity to either give their lives to the Lord or rededicate their lives to the Lord. We know from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 that eternity is planted in the hearts of all men. Eternity either for just the ability to or, or the, the impartation of eternal life. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that person's going to have eternal life in heaven. And that's what we're after. 
because those who end up in hell, it's called eternal there as well. John 3.16 says, and you know this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The scripture says that God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but that the world through him might be saved. The scripture says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know from Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The Holy Spirit is ministering to people today concerning this. We know this from Romans chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, that God demonstrated his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we are saved from wrath through him. So Jesus offered this forgiveness and he saved us from the wrath of God concerning sin. We receive God's forgiveness through faith by trusting in Christ. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10 in the scriptures declares, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And anyone in this place can receive that gift right now. Here's what I want to do. If you're in this place this morning and you either uh, have never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you sense the Spirit of God saying, hey, you need this, the Holy Spirit convincing you of his love, then I'd like to pray with you. The second thing I would like to pray with uh, you about is if there's someone here, you've known the Lord, but you just need to get back to him. You've wandered off and you need to uh, find your way back to him. He actually has been waiting on you. But you need to get back to him. So every, every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you on either of those, I just want you to raise your hand where you're at. And I want to pray with you. Yes, there's one, two, thank you. Three, yes. Any more? Any more that would? Just give you this opportunity. All right. Let's do this. Let's pray together, if you would. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who came to this earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead so I could receive forgiveness, become your child, and receive the gift of eternal life. I come to you now and repent from all sin. I not only receive your gift of forgiveness, but I give you all of my life, all of my heart. I believe you have accepted me because Jesus said, the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. You also said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for saving me making me your child and helping me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have received the gift of eternal life. So if you prayed that prayer with us, don't just run out of here.
afterwards. We have altar care workers on either side. And uh, I have a card in a new believers pack that we have that I want to get to you. And it gives, uh, it's just a starting point for your walk with the Lord. There are, on our website, we have seven or six different messages that I'd like you to go through with some books and things like that. And they'll be able to pray with you at, here at the, with the altar team. Uh, one on any needs you have, anything else that you'd like to pray about, they'd be available with you as well. So did you receive from the word today? Amen. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.